0: You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. And as we delve into this week's topic, a reminder that some of the content may be of a sensitive nature. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Dez.
1: All right. Well, once again, it is Momentum and a big hello to you from myself and uh, welcome to the show, by the way. And uh, so great to have you tuning in. And uh, we're thrilled that you're going to spend some time with us this week. Momentumaustralia.org, as always, is our website. Love you to have a look around there after the show. Have a good look around and get yourself familiar with uh, you know who we are and why we're here. Essentially, a men's show for men by men. And we're here to help you do life just that little bit better. That is our tagline here at Momentum, helping men succeed in life. Des, how are you this week, my friend? Are you succeeding? You feel like you're on top of it all?
2: Really good. Yeah, no, no, it's great to be here and uh, looking forward to an exciting show today. And uh, just while I'm talking, don't forget men are Momentum Caroline, the new support line we have for men, which is one 800 men at 636. And the service is provided by our friends at Caroline Connections. And you can reach out and get help seven days a week between 9 a.m. and 11 p.m. one 800 men.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, Des, and we we do love that partnership. By the way, avail yourself of that number two. Mm. You know, Des and I talk about this a lot. That uh, you know, we we need to get connected as men. Yeah. Uh, doing life in isolation is dangerous for us, and uh, potentially life threatening too. We mean that with all seriousness. So if you if you don't feel like you've you've got someone in your world that you can have a conversation with reach out to the care line, 1-800-000-MEN, that's 636. You know, we talked last week with Nick Marks from AIFC about anxiety. When anxious feelings don't go away, happen without any particular reason, or make it hard to cope with daily life, it may be time to seek help. And there's a brand new feature that's just been launched by AIFC. It's called Abound. You can find details at aifc.com.au. Some of the stats say that there's as many as 3 million Australians currently living with some form of anxiety. We've come to the the consensus that it's probably a lot more than that, but Nick from AAFC, we've got him back on the show because we want to explore this topic in greater detail and some other ways that anxiety can impact our lives, our families, our relationships, and even our workplaces. Nick from AAFC, welcome back, mate. It's great to have you back in Momentum.
3: Yeah, hi, Tim, and hi, Des, and thank you for having me back uh, in this to talk about this topic with you. It's uh, it's good to be back with you guys, keen to to uh, spend this time with you today.
1: Mm. Now, just, just quickly, if you missed last week's show, it is online at MomentumAustralia.org or if you're in the podcast space, just put Momentum Australia into your favourite podcast platform and have a perhaps a re-listen to show one after this week's show. But uh, we, we'll do a quick recap nick before we launch into where we want to go today and i suppose that is defining anxiety and and then how do we define it in our own lives what are the indicators that we might be struggling with this or suffering from this from time to time
3: yeah thanks Tim. I, I i think just recapping on on some of that is just thinking that it's it is something that will i think we all will uh, wrestle with or experience for in our lives at some time mm. um in in an acute way, whether it's concerns over a particular issue in our life, you know, a lot of people at the moment might be feeling some anxiety around their finances or um, other areas and it can often be acute and not lasting long or on a particular thing or instance or issue that's come up. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's other types that are um, longer lasting that way, the the symptoms, the feelings, um, our ability to cope and function well, um, if that lasts for six or more months, then we're getting into a, a different type of anxiety. And we touched on that being like a general anxiety disorder. Mm. Um, and then we have this, um, chronic anxiety, which, which at first blush sounds a little bit more like, well, that would be the one that lasts for six months or more, but it's, it's more saying chronic anxiety is around, um, it's a, it's an emotional process of how anxiety moves between people and impacts people. Within a system, there's two or more people or a, a family or a an, it could be a church, an organization, even even a society. Mm-hmm. And so there's different types of anxiety and how they play, but yeah, for sure, we're, we're all going to experience it one way or another at different times, and it's really prevalent at the moment, particularly after the last few years.
1: Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about times and context. And you mentioned uh, in last week's show that the – age group of 16 to 24, I think it was particularly, had a spike over the last few years during COVID, which was interesting. I thought that was a really interesting age bracket. The 16 to 24s had a spike in their general sense of anxiety. Obviously, one would think that social media would have a part to play in that spike because we are so connected we get everything through all of the time. It's breaking news. It's happening now. There's news alerts. There's updates all of the time. Um, I suppose give us give us a, a broader overview, you think, Nick, of the times and the context, how much that is playing into society's general level of, I suppose, low level
3: anxiety that we all carry with us. Yeah. Yeah. Um Gee, we could do a whole podcast on this part, couldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> times in context. Um, I think just just at the outset too is that the some of the internal sources, if you want to call it that, or my own expectations or um, personality types are their factors, but they can also be influenced by, and, and to some degree, we're all products of the times that we're in, mm. and so I think there's an there's an interplay and a reciprocity here between what I might be feeling inside and what's happening outside. Sure. Um, and what's happening outside and what I'm feeling inside and how that interplays. But I've, some of the big ones you mentioned, social media and, and the advent of that, I think that's, um, that's a, that's a huge one. Um, what I, what I might say to, at a more macro level is that I think there's a number of elements of how we do life, at least in Western nations, um, that are in fact, um, not everything. So I'm not being doom gloom here, not being conspiracy theorists or anything like that. I'm just saying. I think there's a number of factors, quite a significant number of how we do life these days that is in fact anxiety producing in our cultures. That is, that is how we're doing life is, is anxiety producing. And so the intentionality required, um, uh, by us as, as, as men, our families, um, organizations, um, communities, friendships, uh, a degree of a greater degree than ever before of intentionality of how do we do life in such a way that is healthy and not just going with the flow of our culture not just from a you know I don't want to be what my culture tells me to be but but because of the the impacts um and the the, the damage that our culture can do from an anxiety perspective in our lives and so I think we need to be very intentional some of those those big ones are um yeah, you mentioned social media, um, isolation. Yeah. Um, mm. I think even more so since COVID in terms mm. of isolation. And it highlighted how many people were isolated or living disconnected lives. Mm. Um, but that, I think that's increased. And there's also a good side to that where I think COVID highlighted that we really need relationships mm. and community. And if we're deprived of it, um, you know, through whatever means, say COVID, um, and lockdowns etc that has very significant and uh, impacts on people's lives so it highlighted has it changed for the better because of that well, I'm not really sure um, but it's certainly highlighted the importance of um, connection and community and meaningful relationships in our lives
2: and there's a lot of people now who have gone through that and they they look at it and they say you know I don't know how to come out of this you know I, I have lost the skill of interacting with other people you know and so that creates anxiety in itself
3: it does it does and and we're living in a complex world now and very, yeah. very interconnected in a lot of ways but at the same time there's this disconnection where it's mm. it seems harder to do community and foster relationships that yeah. are that are meaningful we know that that's the stuff of life and that's that's yeah. the richness of life is is in our relationships so yeah. Um, I don't know if I have all the answers to this here, but it's it's certainly highlighting the need for it. And there's, there's a, a a very causal relationship between that disconnection and an increase in anxiety. Mm.
1: Yeah, I, I remember going through the lockdowns particularly and I was working in radio in Brisbane at that stage and we had a regular, actually it was a daily Zoom meeting. And uh, it was after a while, X number of months of that, I, I found the Zoom meeting, was giving me anxiety. <laughs> it was such a strange thing to just see the screen and whatever as opposed to actually but I I don't see you guys aren't in the station with me. I'm on yeah. my own, but yet I see you. It was strange. Anyway, yeah. we'll park that. But look, I did want to just quickly ask this Nick and then we'll move on to perhaps how this is out working, but when we look back and for myself I'm I'm trying to I suppose think of some key events. I, I was a child of the 70s, you know, grew up in the 80s. You know, you think back to those sorts of times. Yes, there was things happening around the world. But a couple of key events for me was there was the Lockerbie tragedy where the airliner was b- brought down in, I think it was the late 80s over Lockerbie. Mm. I remember my parents were here from the UK in 2001 when 9-11 happened and they were due to go back on a plane to the UK about two weeks after that. And of course, that everything was super, super heightened. Do you Do you think that these... These key events and things like that, plus, as Des mentioned, um, you know news, social media, all of those. do you think that over bigger picture, two or three decades, we've perhaps started, whether we've been aware of it or not, as a society because of things that we've been made aware of through the news and the, the, the greater impact the news is having in our lives. We're carrying a low- level sense of perhaps fear, and therefore anxiety just around some of the things that we've seen on the news. Could this happen to me? Is this going to happen in my city, my town? You know, the, and then, of course, COVID with lack of food and toilet rolls and things like that. Like, do you think that these things are adding up where we're, most of us are just generically carrying some degree of low-level stress or anxiety?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about your question now. That's, that's a great question. There's a lot in that. Um, thank you for asking it. I, I think the answer is yes, and I want to come at it from a, from a systems perspective is, because we can think of it, we're carrying that individually. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Um, and big events can have that, that and especially if they compound and, and they have a term these days, what they call polycrisis. So, there's so many multiple crises going on at one time mm. um, in different ways and, and forms and, and their impact that we don't even know. Mm. and the the nature of that change of polycrisis or big events that could be adverse and the frequency of them seems to be increasing with that.
2: Mm. And
3: so that's Mm. also, I think, a factor. From a systems perspective, I think if anxiety is an excessive um, anticipation of perceived um, future threats, then we'll likely start thinking of more if there's a higher frequency of them happening now. Mm. Also noting that we have more access to information to tell us about them,
2: yes, which I
3: think is different as well. Mm. So that's also a factor. Yes, they're increasing, but also we are hearing about them instantly. Um, And and a lot of them, we just do not need to know about certain things that are going on around the world, but we do.
1: Well, let's take a short break. We are chatting with Nick Marks from AIFC again on this week's show. And obviously, as you can tell, the the focus and the topic is anxiety. But Nick, let's come back and talk about then, the effect of that, because we've talked about societal and communal um, anxiety, which seems to be, uh, I think we've lifted the veil on that in a good way and say, hey, you're not a stranger in this. You're not alone in this. You're not odd and strange. If you are not um, coping in some degree and you feel like you've got anxiety, particularly after the last few years, um, you know, th- there's a lot of us that would feel that way. And so we're not alone in that. And as men, we we certainly shouldn't feel shame if we are feeling that way at times. Let's then talk about the impact that this can have on our family relationships and our workplace organizations and, of course, even our church relationships, too. How can we navigate some of those waters if we feel that anxiety is present in those circumstances? We're going to come back and explore that in the second part of this week's show. As always, as we take a break, I'm going to point you to a couple of websites. That's aafc.com.au. Encourage you to have a look around their website and uh, some of the great resources that they've got for you. And, of course, our website is MomentumAustralia.org. I encourage you to have a look at, at uh, those two websites during the break. And we're going to come back and finish up this chat with anxiety with
0: Nick Marks from AIFC in just a moment. This is Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org.
1: All right, it is the second part of this week's Momentum. Welcome back. I appreciate you coming back. And uh, we are chatting with our special guest, uh, Nick Marks from AIFC, and great conversation about anxiety. Um, AIFC.com.au, their website. Momentumaustralia.org is our website. And uh, if you missed last week's show, by the way, with Nick uh, on anxiety, really setting the scene for this week as well, I encourage you to go and have a listen or a re-listen to that after this week's show. Nick, um, we kind of left it in saying that, you know, there is, I suppose... Um, at the first part of the show that is we kind of left the first part of the show saying that there's i suppose a general sense when you pull back a bigger picture that uh, community at large and societies at large are generally struggling with uh, a lower level sense of anxiety and we may be even doing things now that are creating this in our lives and you talked about social media and those sorts of things let's look at some of the impacts of that on then the family system and relationships let's start with that and then maybe come back and have a look at how that's affecting our workplaces. But let's start with the families and and our, our family relationships. And you, you mentioned in the first show about there being relational anxiety, and and I think we can all relate to that. You know, with whether it's wives, kids, in laws, um, you know, uncles, etc., that we don't see very often, but there's tension in our family relationships. Uh, I suppose how do we how do we kind of pinpoint? what that actually is like we might have sensed that something was off in our families or whatever how do we actually get to the nuts and bolts of oh that's what it is and if it's not necessarily on us and it's maybe that there's two of our family members who just don't like each other and whenever we're in the room their tension creates tension for everybody else i mean there's all sorts of scenarios but i suppose where where do we start with family that's a tricky one because it's family right we can't escape our family at times
3: <laughs> yeah no it's it's a yeah it's uh, families are uh central to a flourishing society um meaningful relationships um and they're also a whole bunch of work and, <laughs> yes. and we don't get to pick each other and so right. Right, there are a lot of things they're beautiful and special and and very challenging and as as each of us can be and so um life life is the stuff of relationship and relationships are hard i'm not saying anything we. We all don't know, um, but it's good to be reminded of it. And and so I think coming back to systems theory and the work that Bowen and Friedman and others did is, um, I think, um, really he unpacked a system of thinking that doesn't just help families grow and be better families, but I think can apply to a culture at large. Um, in terms of the family systems, he looked at what we call there were eight eight things, and I say he took the, the levels of differentiation of self. How does how do we remain Uh, our full selves and remain connected Mm. so i'm Mm. me and we're connected in together versus a a meshing of relationships where we are codependent and you can't tell who's who and everyone just follows one another Uh, and it ends up well quite messy and Mm. so differentiation of self becomes important um that bowen did a lot of work on how this can happen from generation to generation um, I mentioned sibling position in the previous show. Um and also you mentioned about, you know, where two people might not get on. And so he he sort of coined the term around triangulation. And that can be where we um and this happens in workplaces where two people um or someone has is carrying anxiety. Um say take, take gossip for example. Um gossip is always via a triangle where one person goes to another and triangulates the third person. Mm. Think of it that way. Remember back in school, if you you might remember it or had this happen, but you know, someone would give another person a note. Can you go and ask that person to go out with me?
2: That's <laughs> <laughs> that long ago. I can't remember. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. So, so triangles happen at an early age. Um, yeah. Yeah. um but, from a triangulation point of view, it it it, crea- it can be a potent force where there's an odd one out. Yes,
1: or the black sheep.
3: Yeah, yeah, and it can yeah. happen in workplaces, it happen in families where um, we might um, buy a gift or mention a gift that one um, child got for us and how wonderful it is and and not so much mention it on the other si- on the other child. Yeah, and so it can inadvertently create some sort of triangle. Um, or playing favourites, or as I said, mentioned, you know, singling somebody out in the workplace who you may, who may have um, slighted or a perceived slight against us, and therefore we'll go to another person and talk about that person to make ourselves feel better and lower our anxiety. Mm, mm, mm. The effect that that has is it then increases the anxiety in the person that we're triangulating.
2: Yeah,
3: right. Um, and then that forms and grows, and, and then you have an unhealthy system. -hmm. And so this takes place all the time in families. It takes place all the time in workplaces. I think now more than ever, um, how do we be, I think, I think becoming aware of how systems theory works, um, of how anxiety moves within systems. For example, um, I've been in workplaces where we just sat down and talked about triangulating and about how anxiety moves. And operates and how we're feeling about certain things that might be going on in our family or in our workplace. And that act alone, by just bringing it out into the open and even being aware of how this moves within systems is, I've I've seen it on a number of occasions to be a complete aha moment for people.
2: Yeah, I just uh, that makes so much sense to me in terms of a family, you know, we got a family that's dysfunctional because of whatever You, you bring them together in a room and say, hey, let's have a conversation about why I'm feeling anxious, why you're feeling anxious, and let's get it all on the table and decide how we as a unit can move forward would be hugely positive.
3: Yes, it is. And it's a cornerstone of family therapy. Yeah. Um. But you don't have to be in therapy to do this. Yeah, no, if, okay. if, if you're struggling with this and it is ongoing and you seem like you're in a, a chronically stuck position, Yeah. I would recommend the therapy in family therapy. It's a great thing to do. Yeah. Um, and of course, I'd say that from my AFC's perspective, <laughs> but it also is a really great thing to do. Mm. But you don't have to be in therapy to do this. You can be sitting down and having these healthy conversations. Because the, the nature of families or teams or organizations that get in this position is they tend to focus more on the symptoms or turn their anxiety to the latest issue yeah. versus mm. what is causing the anxiety. Yes, mm. yeah, that's correct. So you, you don't address the real cause. You you go around taking your anxiety to pick up some cause and fight <laughs> it.
1: Yes. Can I just backtrack to that? There will be people listening and I suppose maybe myself included, uh, which is why I've picked up on it. But there'll be people listening to go, that all sounds wonderful. We sit around the kitchen table at Mum's place and we all arrow grievances in a loving, healthy way. And then we all come at the end and we hug and we kiss and we become a family unit again. And it's awesome. That sounds delightful, but that is so far removed from where my family is at right now. And I can't imagine, I mean, we've got you know two people in our family that can't even be in the same room without, you know, verbal insults, insults flying or one of them storming off and slamming a door. Like, I mean, you know, that's an idealistic picture and I'm not saying it's unrealistic, but for some people it might be a very far-fetched to even a starting point to fixing what's happening in their family. If it is the latter where things are, you know, pretty volatile or people people just can't even get to that point, do you have some recommendations for for those sorts of relationships, and it might even be a, a husband and wife, for example, they might be at a point where there's so much tension and stuff between them, just being in the same room right now, let alone having a healthy conversation is an issue.
3: Yeah, there may well certainly be some symptoms and some and some outer things that can need to be treated, because this can take place in all sorts, it can manifest in abuse, or it can manifest mm-hmm. in just, you know, ongoing conflict, zero to 100, and, and um, emotional cutoff, or you just don't talk to that person anymore, or there's a whole range of things that this can manifest as. If I jump back to um, Friedman's work in this, and I, and I say this for a reason because I think it's important because it leads to a point. He had five characteristics of chronically anxious families and, and systems one, reactivity, this vicious cycle of intense reactions to other members or events. Two, is herding, a process which is a force of togetherness triumphs over individuality so you end up um, everyone then seeks to adapt to the least mature member Mm. and this often happens in families workplaces and we see it in our culture blame displacement so that's an emotional state in which a family or even a society focuses on the forces that have victimized them rather than taking responsibility for their own being our own destiny Mm. so blame laying blame Um, and then this leads to the quick fix mentality. So you're with a, a low threshold for pain that constantly seeks symptom relief rather than fundamental change. This all points to that, that someone is going to have to take um, a leadership position here and they're gonna to need to do work on themselves and um, lead that system. Otherwise it will remain the family, two people, a family, Um, A team, an organization, a church or whatever will remain a stuck system until Mm -hmm. someone steps up and takes the lead on this. They have to be perfect, but they're going to have to take the lead, say in the example that you mentioned where they don't talk anymore.
1: Yeah. Can I bounce off the back of that because we're, we're running, well, we're pretty much out of time, but just to bounce off the back of that and say if you need a confidential conversation outside of the workplace or the family, Right, and you don't have somebody in your world that you can do that with. I'm going to point you to the Momentum Caroline again. That's one 1-800-000-636. 1-800-000-636. You can have a absolutely confidential uh, conversation about anything that's happening in your world, whether it is workplace, family, anxiety, or anything else related. Because the truth is, sometimes just having a conversation can help you see things in a different light or bring a different perspective. Or just get things off your chest in a safe place and then you come back with a different a different attitude and, and breathing different air, as Nick has said before. Um, I think we're pretty much out of time this week's show, Nick. We've got a couple of other things that we'd love to have talked to you, but maybe we'll get you back on the show and, and do that um, in a later stage. But I just want to say on behalf of Des and myself mm. and the guys listening, man, that there's been a lot in the last couple of weeks yes, yes. about anxiety uh, and you've certainly brought a lot of different perspectives and a different light, uh, stuff that I would never have thought about. So. Thank you. Yes. Um, and again, if you'd like to hear this uh, this show again, momentumaustralia.org or check out the podcast. at uh, Simply put in Momentum Australia in your Spotify, your Apple, however you listen to your podcasts. And I'm going to point you to the AIFC website, of course, aifc.com.au. They have a bunch of resources. And, of course, their Council Culture podcast, which you can listen to as well, where they explore things in depth as well. But uh, the CEO of AIFC, Nick Marks, has been our special guest the last few weeks. An impacting couple of weeks, Nick. We really appreciate it, mate. Take care.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Des. You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum.